Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Alike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBT WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT Radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. Well, good evening, everyone. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is on the air on this Notre Dame football. Training Camp Eve, your Tuesday, July the 25th of 2023. My name is Darren Pritchett. It is great to be with you on this sunny day in South Bend. And just as training camp is ready to get rolling tomorrow, it's going to heat up a tad bit. Just what the guys want, putting on those gold helmets. But you know what? They're probably all pretty excited about getting fall camp underway. They're not going to mind a little heat tomorrow. Now, if it's four or five days in a row, it might be a different story. But it is that time. The pigskin is being thrown around in NFL training camps. College camps will mainly be getting started next week. But since the Irish are playing in week zero, they get a head start on the competition. We've got two hours of Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We do have South Bend Cubs baseball tonight over in the land of Lincoln. It's the Cubs and the Cardinals Midwest League style as the Cubbies take on the Peoria Chiefs. First pitch tonight at 735 pregame at 715 right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, coming up on the program this evening, since this is the eve of the start of Notre Dame football training camp, in our hat trick of opening topics, 
three biggest question marks on the offensive side of the ball entering fall camp, three biggest questions on the defensive side entering fall camp. Our Notre Dame football opponent preview continues today as we take a look at game number three on the Notre Dame schedule, the Wolfpack of North Carolina State. A lot of intriguing storylines with that NC State football team. We've got our Twitter question of the day to get to. You can grab a peek at that question right now on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. And, of course, vote right now on today's question. We'll have it for you in just a little bit here on WSBT Radio. In the 6 o'clock hour, is Tyler Buckner going to be the starting quarterback at Alabama? Being highly debated right now down in Roll Tide land. And there are some media members that think, you know what, he might have the inside track to be the guy. We're going to talk all things Notre Dame football recruiting with Mike Singer, the two big recruiting gets for Marcus Freeman over the weekend. We break it all down for you in our recruiting segment in just about an hour at 6.15, 6.20, right in that range here on WSBT Radio. And it was a lousy return to the sports wagering game after a week off due to vacation. Sizzler was not sizzling last night. We went 0 for 4, and all four losses occurred in the ninth inning last night. That is not a lot of fun. We'll try to rebound tonight with four brand-new picks. Well, we can't do any worse. We can match it, but we can't do any worse than that. Before we get to our hat trick of opening topics, several items to get to. First off, this was shocking news earlier today when we found out that the guy that is really one of the individuals highly responsible for the turnaround of Notre Dame football has decided to leave the program the director of football performance, a.k.a. the guy in charge of strength and conditioning for the Irish football program, Matt Bayless, has resigned his position a day before Notre Dame football training camp gets underway. A press release from the University of Notre Dame just states personal reasons for Matt's sudden departure from the Irish football program, but it cannot be overstated. When you think about where this football program was, he arrived here in South Bend in 2017. He changed the strength and conditioning program, and the Irish got to the playoffs in 18 and 20. Remember before Matt Bayless arrived, you always felt like Notre Dame was not always in the best position to succeed in the fourth quarter. It felt like they would get worn down by some teams in the fourth quarter. That changed immediately under Matt Bayless. This football team has been in tremendous shape. There has never been a question about the shape of these football players. Look at the great job he has done helping 29 guys go to the National Football League. When you think about the combine, how some Notre Dame players have absolutely destroyed the combine in a good way, it all goes back to Matt Bayless. This no disrespect to Fred Hale, who's taking over for the time being, or who the next person might be. This is a big loss. This guy was a tremendous asset to this Notre Dame football program, and it's going to be 
In my opinion, very hard to replace him. I got to know Matt a little bit. Our sons were on the same summer basketball team. I mean, it was a star-studded team. You had Ron Paulus coaching the team, and Matt was in the stands and talked to him a couple of times. And I just thanked him one time just saying where this team was, how they seem to wilt in fourth quarters. They don't wilt anymore under his tutelage, and he was such a humble individual and just a really, really pleasant individual to be around and we wish him nothing but the best and whatever is next for Matt Bayless, who has been a great contributor to this Notre Dame football program the last six years. The good news is the players are in great position to succeed under Matt's work over the summertime. And now they are ready to go with training camp getting started tomorrow morning as we get rolling because the first football game is going to be here before you know it. The first day of camp is exactly one month from the first game over in Dublin against the United States Naval Academy. Also today, surrounding Notre Dame football news, some sad news. We have lost Johnny Lujak at the age of 98, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback who led Notre Dame to three national championships in the 40s has passed away in Florida today. Apparently, he just recently entered hospice care. Lou Jack, considered one of the great Notre Dame players of all time, won the Heisman Trophy in 1947. The Irish won national titles with Johnny on the squad in 43, 46, and 47. He was 21-1 as a starting quarterback for Frank Leahy. And he played for the Irish in 42 and 43, served two years in the Navy during World War II, came back to the Irish for the 46 and 47 seasons. Now, he finished third in the Heisman in 46, then won the award the following season when he completed 61 of 109 passes for 777 yards, nine touchdowns, as he led the Irish to a 9-0 record and a second consecutive national championship and you think back to 1943 he took over as the team starting quarterback for Angelo Bertelli who left after six games to join the Marines one of the greats of all time in Notre Dame football history we lost Johnny Lujak today at the age of 98 and finally from college football news this is a really interesting story that is developing There were some reports that came out this afternoon waiting for the conclusion, but apparently Michigan and the NCAA are in the process of negotiating a resolution to an investigation into the Wolverines recruiting practices that could result in head coach Jim Harbaugh being suspended for four games. Now, according to Tom Mars, the attorney representing Harbaugh, he told ESPN, quote, we are continuing to work cooperatively with the NCAA staff on an enforcement matter. At this time, we are not allowed to comment on possible penalties or other aspects of the matter. End quote. Now, the NCAA has been investigating Michigan for alleged violations during the COVID-19 recruiting dead period the violations included alleged impermissible contact with recruits during the ncaa mandated dead period as well as the use of a defensive analyst for on-field coaching 
activities, which is a rules violation. So there is a chance the defending Big Ten champions, who more than likely will be ranked in the top five when the preseason polls come out, could be without their head coach. Now, if he misses four games, these are four games that Michigan should be able to take care of business without their head coach. The four games that he might be out for, East Carolina, Bowling Green, UNLV, and one conference game against those Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Harbaugh or not, you fully expect Michigan to cruise to four victories right there. And if this all comes to pass, then Jim Harbaugh would be back for game number five. And, of course, he'll be all ready to go when Ohio State and Michigan get back together as the Wolverines look to now win three straight in the series after not being able to beat the Buckeyes for so long. So Jim Harbaugh might be suspended the first four games of the year, but it's East Carolina, Bowling Green, UNLV, and Rutgers. So those are some headlines as we work our way into our hat trick of opening topics here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. It is 5:19 on this Tuesday evening. And let's begin with hat trick opening topic number one. The three biggest question marks, in my opinion, for the Notre Dame offense entering the start of fall camp tomorrow. We'll go three to one with one being the biggest, in my opinion. Question mark number three for the offense for me is Audric Estime is Batman. He's the Batman of the running back room. He is the guy. But who's going to be his Robin at running back? Jabron Payne got a lot of action during the spring when Logan Diggs was out with an injury. Logan Diggs now plays for the LSU Tigers. So Jabron Payne is a leading candidate. Then you've got the intriguing Jadarian Price, who we didn't get to see last year other than the blue goal game, that Achilles injury. Unfortunately, halted his season before it ever got started. He is back. He is ready to go. He is electric in the backfield. And maybe we should throw in Devin Ford as well. That's the transfer coming over from Penn State, a highly thought-of high school recruit. His opportunities at Penn State diminished each year with the program. Now he's putting on the gold helmet for the Fighting Irish. It would seem Payne and Price might have the best opportunity to be that quote-unquote Robin to Audric Estime. It's going to be a fun following camp. You've got really good choices. That's the good news. Biggest question marks for the Notre Dame offense entering fall camp. At number two, I've got who is going to be the most reliable wide receivers for quarterback Sam Hartman to target? Well, we started to see some building of chemistry in the blue goal game with Jaden Thomas. Jalen Thomas looked really good with Sam Hartman, and Jaden Greathouse had a great day in that blue goal game, the freshman. But you look at Thomas and Tobias Merriweather, to me, are your two leading candidates to be maybe the alpha wide receivers for Sam Hartman. Thomas has been progressing the last couple of years. Merriweather as a freshman, only had one catch and went for a touchdown from 41 yards out. 
but there seems to be enough buzz that he has progressed to the point that he is ready to be a frontline skill position player for this Notre Dame football team. So I would not be shocked in that game against Navy if Merriweather and Thomas might be two of the top targets for the brand-new quarterback, Sam Hartman. There's a lot of exciting young wide receivers that I think we all anticipate will contribute at various points of this season. And even with their high ceilings, this is a time you'd love to see Merriweather and Thomas truly take advantage of the opportunities in front of them. And at number one for the biggest question marks for the Notre Dame offense entering fall camp, who is going to be the two brand new starting offensive guards for this football team? We all know if you follow football, chemistry being built along the offensive line is vital. And it seemed like it took a little time for that to occur last year. And that's a group that knew each other pretty well. So losing both starting offensive guards, you've got vacancies at those spots. Now within the Goog, they might already know who the offensive guards are. For those of us on the outside looking in, we're intrigued to find out who the two guys are gonna be. And it seems like it's a three horse race for two spots. I would say in my opinion, leaders in the clubhouse going into fall camp, Andrew Kristoffik and Billy Shrout, but is this the time where Rocco Spindler pushes his way into the starting lineup? Phil Steele loves Rocco Spindler, draft eligible players after this year. He had Spindler number 26 in the country at offensive guard. Pretty good for a guy we hardly know. So who are those two starting offensive guards? How quickly will the chemistry be built? And don't take for granted the first game being against Navy. Their defensive line, their front seven are very well intact from last year that held opponents under 90 rushing yards per game and the Irish were well under that rushing total against the Middies last season. So just because you're playing Navy, that's gonna be an interesting interesting test for that brand new interior offensive line the two guys surrounding the starting center Zeke Carell hat trick of opening topic number two let's flip the script to the defensive side of the football my three biggest question marks for the Notre Dame defense entering fall camp we'll go three to one once again we'll start at number three how do Thomas Harper and Antonio Carter fit into the secondary. This is gonna be fun to watch. It just feels like we got a, a bit of a jigsaw puzzle here. And I'll try to describe it this way. You bring in Thomas Harper from Oklahoma State, an experienced defensive back. He's played corner. We saw him at nickel last year. He can play free safety. So that gives you a lot of versatility. I think my first impression was he was going to be the guy that was going to be in charge of the nickel spot once he came over from Oklahoma State. But what if a guy like Clarence Lewis shines at the nickel spot? 
during fall camp. If the coaching staff likes Lewis there, all of a sudden you can shift Harper to one of the safety spots where you might have question marks at this time. I mean, your safeties could be Xavier Watts and DJ Brown. But then you got Antonio Carter. Just an intriguing talent coming from the FCS where he played at Rhode Island. And he got a lot of attention from major Division I programs. He ended up at the University of Notre Dame. Is he going to push his way into the starting lineup? For a spot that might have question marks, there's a lot of intriguing answers right now at the safety spot. So how do things play out after fall camp? Curious to see how Thomas Harper fits in and also Antonio Carter. Good news is the cornerback spot, you feel good. Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart, knock on wood, stay healthy. Safety spots, let's see how this plays out. A lot of interesting moving parts with the nickel, the safeties. It's going to be fun to see how Notre Dame decides to line up early on in the season. Another question mark for the Notre Dame defense entering fall camp, defensive line rotation. Notre Dame, the last five, six years, I think you have felt as a fan base really good about the starters along the defensive line and the B players who you'd love for them to play at a high enough level where they would play high leverage situations. You need that to happen. You can't just rely on your ones. They're going to be exhausted in the second half. And Notre Dame has done a great job of building a quality set of number twos where there is not a massive drop-off from your starters. Again, from the outside looking in, this might be the first season where we go into a fall camp looking at the depth chart and saying, okay, there are some good possibilities here, but I'm going to wait and see how this all pans out. I think there's a good feeling that Jordan Botello is going to be a guy that can jump into the starting lineup. It's tough to replace Isaiah Foskey, the all-time leading sack man in Notre Dame history. But maybe there won't be a major drop-off with Botello going to that spot. You got Riley Mills. You got players that you're very familiar with. But what about the guys replacing... Maybe someone like Batella, who wasn't a starter last year. He was more of a reserve. Who are the guys that are going to fill those spots? We saw some positive play in the spring that gives you hope that that number two unit can hold their own this season. But I think we got to be fair. We can't come into fall camp saying, oh, wow, the defensive line is going to be the best part of the football team. You know what? If they are, fantastic. But at this point, I think we got to play wait and see with that particular unit. But again, solid progress in the spring leads to some positivity, much more than where we were going into the spring. And finally, my number one question mark for the Notre Dame defense entering fall camp, the defensive line rotation very easily could have been number one. The safety nickel conversation could have been number one. But I'm going with that Notre Dame pass rush. Isaiah Foskey led the charge last year. Now Isaiah Foskey's in the Orleans Saint. 
Is Jordan Patella going to be able to be that dangerous player coming off the edge? Will the Irish be able to get a push from the inside? A guy like Howard Cross, can he make noise on the inside? I think we have to hold our breath a little bit to see how this is going to pan out. I, I think the difference from last year is we knew Isaiah Foskey was there. You knew what you were going to get. I think you probably had a vision in your mind. This is what I'm going to get out of Isaiah Foskey. This year, when you visualize what it might look like, I think it's a little more cloudy because we don't have that history to say, this player has done this, this player has done that. The pass rush is going to be a developing storyline throughout entire fall camp going into those first games. Navy, that's a game that the pass rush, not as important, but they had a bunch of hurries against the middies last year. But you look deeper into September, North Carolina State, Ohio State. You can't let those guys just sit back in the pocket and have a lemonade and a sandwich as they're looking down the field. Where is that pass rush going to come from? And if it's coming from Batello, who's going to be his sidekick? Where's the pressure going to come from consistently? We'll put Notre Dame pass rush, the number one question mark for the Irish defense entering fall camp. And our third and final hat trick of opening topic for tonight's program. An update on the number three topic from last night. That didn't take long as the Chicago Bears have removed receiver Chase Claypool from the physically unable to perform list. He was placed on that list yesterday, but apparently later on in the day, he passed his physical and Claypool just like that is off the list. So he is eligible to participate in the Bears first training camp practice Wednesday at Hallis Hall. So, talked about a lot of scenarios yesterday. Some of the mystery surrounding Claypool. Are the Bears unhappy with him? There are reports about that in June that Claypool might be on the outs with the Bears. Hopefully, this was just a physical that was needing to be completed positively. And now he's back playing. For the Bears, when training camp gets started on Wednesday, we need a nice, quiet, off-the-field few weeks from Chase Claypool. Make your noise on the football field. Because DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool playing at their highest level gives Justin Fields a chance to be very successful in the passing game, especially with what we anticipate a much better offensive line than last year. But then again, I'm not sure it could get any worse than what the Bears had along their offensive line last year. So good to see Chase Claypool ready to go when the Bears get started their first training camp practice at Hallis Hall on Wednesday. All right, 5.33 is our time. More Notre Dame football talk coming up. Our next segment, our opponent preview Features North Carolina State. Our Twitter question of the day is Notre Dame football related at around 555. And we've got Mike Singer to talk about an amazing recruiting weekend at about 620. This is your home of the Fighting Irish. 
We are closing in on that first game, 32 days away from Notre Dame and Navy in Dublin, 2.30 South Bend time kickoff on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Five by rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Today, our Notre Dame football opponent preview shifts to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Game number three after a home game against Tennessee State. The Irish play their first true road game of 2023 as they will take on the Wolfpack of North Carolina State. Well, the Wolfpack last season posted a record of eight and five. And considering the quarterback injury that hit their team, eight and five is not too bad. They had a win at East Carolina, 21-20. They demolished Charleston Southern, 55-3. They beat Texas Tech, 27-14. An easy win over a bad UConn team, 41-10. They had a couple of really nice victories, including A home win over Florida State, 19-17. They squeaked out a home win over Virginia Tech, 22-21. NC State beat Sam Hartman and Wake Forest in Raleigh, 30-21. And then you could call a surprising 30-27 win in Chapel Hill over North Carolina to wrap up the regular season. The losses for NC State last year. They went to Death Valley and lost to the Clemson Tigers 30-20. This was a disappointing loss and it had a lot to do with a quarterback injury. They fell at Syracuse 24-9. They were knocked off at home by Boston College. We remember Boston College last year. Hard to believe the Eagles could beat NC State. They did 21-20. And also NC State lost to Louisville 25-10. So the 2023 Wolfpack return seven starters on the offensive side of the football and five on defense. Dave Doran, five straight winning seasons as Wolfpack head coach. That's notable. And now NC State ushers in a brand-new quarterback in Brennan Armstrong. Armstrong comes from Virginia to rejoin a guy that helped him put up some big numbers at Virginia. More on that in just a second. It's also worth noting that the NC State defense has picked off Sam Hartman three times in each of their last two matchups with the now Notre Dame quarterback. NC State, let's start with the offense. Last year, they averaged 24.3 points per game. They posted 340 total yards per ball game. Broken down in this way, 114 rushing yards, 
and 226 passing yards. Robert Anay, their offensive coordinator, reunites with Brennan Armstrong, who he coached at Virginia. That duo together in 2021, they rewrote the Virginia passing record Brooks. Armstrong in 2021, 4,449 passing yards. He completed 65% of his throws, 31 touchdown passes. He was picked off 10 times when his offensive coordinator left for NC State. The numbers plummeted. Now for NC State, they had Devin Leary, a veteran quarterback, starting last year, but an injury derailed his season and poor, I guess, all conversations it affected the rest of the Wolfpack season as they were forced to use three different quarterbacks to try to fill the void, which unfortunately did not happen. So you could argue Leary was a really good player. He's now at Kentucky. If Armstrong can find his form of two years ago, this could be a major improvement at the quarterback position for NC State. Now the Wolfpack lost their top two receiving yardage players last year in Thayer Thomas, who had 57 catches for 642, and Keon Lassane with 31 receptions for 342. Their top returning wide receiver is a player that maybe kind of pushed aside because NC State used the portal to their advantage. Just recently, they added what I think everyone would consider an impact wide receiver and a player that can definitely help NC State attack that Notre Dame secondary as they picked up Rice wide receiver Bradley Rosner. He is a big target at 6'5", 44 catches for 876 yards with the Owls last year, and he found the end zone 10 times. They also brought in former Clemson wide receiver Dakari Collins, a four-star receiver, Coming out of high school, got three starts with the Tigers in 2021, only had 16 catches for 221. Last year, he was demoted to third string, and Collins ended up with just one catch for Clemson. He has now moved on to North Carolina State. The one thing about this offensive coordinator system, the wide receivers put up big numbers, and it seems like they have added some great personnel to try to keep that tradition alive at the wide receiver position. Armstrong needs time to throw the football, and NC State's offensive line has a combined 63 career starts. Now, they lost three starters from last year's squad, including all-ACC first-team center Grant Gibson. They also lost their left tackle, Bryson Spees. But they have added a veteran player from Oregon, an offensive tackle, Dawson Harmillo. Now, the run game normally does not put up big numbers in this offensive system. Jordan Houston is the guy they relied on last year. He is back after starting 12 of 13 games, but Houston never had a game in which he rushed over 100 yards. He finished 136 carries for 574 yards, and he did not score his touchdown. His backup running back did not score a rushing touchdown Last year, Michael Allen is the number two running back. He got 53 carries for 278 yards. So the run game is almost the changeup in this high-powered passing attack, led by a guy who, again, two years ago, put up some massive numbers at Virginia, now reunited 
with his offensive coordinator there. That's going to be a major storyline going into this matchup with the Fighting Irish. Now, the NC State defense last year, they were really good, giving up just 19.2 points per game, 327 yards of total offense. They allowed just 101 rushing yards per game, 3.4 yards per carry, while giving up 226 passing yards per contest. Now, they do only return one of their top six tacklers. He is Peyton Wilson, a weak side linebacker who was number three on the team in tackles with 82. He also contributed four and a half sacks and eight tackles for loss. Now, the defensive line features Davin Van Jr., a defensive end, coming off a four-sack season. Savion Jackson returns from an injury to start on the right side of that defensive line. Now, their leading tackler and two-time All-ACC linebacker, Drake Thomas, is gone. They do return Peyton Wilson, as I mentioned. He's a six-year player, so a very experienced player at linebacker for the Wolfpack. There are some question marks elsewhere with that unit unless a transfer from Old Dominion, Robert Kennedy, shines at one of their backer spots. Now, the defense in the back end was highly successful last year. The NC State defense led the ACC with 19 interceptions. The team leader was cornerback Aiden Whitey is back with this Wolfpack team after four picks and nine pass breakups last year. The other starting corner is also back. He's got 28 starts under his belt. Shaheem Battle, he came up with three interceptions last year. Both of these two players have a career interception against Sam Hartman. Also, the Wolfpack will have to replace a a third-team all-ACC safety in Tanner Ingle. How about some betting notes on Notre Dame and North Carolina State? Honestly, not a whole lot to work with since 2016. In the two meetings, the home team has won the game and covered in both spots. In 2016, Notre Dame was the favorite going to Raleigh. That was the hurricane game in which NC State won by a score of 10-3. That was the game the Irish had Deshaun Kaiser throw 26 times in a hurricane. He completed nine passes. NC State ran the football, only threw it when they needed to, and Ryan Finley was 5-12 of in the wind and the rain down there in Raleigh. So again, there's not a whole lot to choose from there. Oh, I did not mention 2017. The Irish were a seven-point favorite at Notre Dame Stadium, easily covering that spot 35-14. to NC State 8-5 last year with some quarterback play once Larry went down that wasn't very good. They feel like this could be another great season, and it could be really, really good if Brennan Armstrong finds his form from two years ago at Virginia, and hope is high. He's back with his offensive coordinator. That's a look at the North Carolina State Wolfpack, a very interesting September road game for Marcus Freeman's Fighting Irish. More sports beat coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google Play. Now, 
Back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Tonight's Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat is brought to you by our longtime title sponsor, Budweiser. For 13 years, Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By Bowlers Country Club, inviting everyone to their 38th annual corn and sausage roast this Saturday. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's, the Family Inn. And by Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. 554 at WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, I hope you follow me on Twitter. My account is at 960 Sportsbeat. Always enjoy the daily conversation with followers. And normally we have a few conversations in regard to our weekday tradition of our Twitter question of the day. On Monday, we asked you which team on the 2023 Notre Dame football schedule is most likely to make the college football playoffs. Your four choices. The Ohio State Buckeyes out of the Big Ten Conference. They'll be coming to South Bend in September. Coming to South Bend in October, the University of Southern California Trojans out of the Pac-12. Choice number three from the ACC, the Irish heading to Death Valley in November to take on the Clemson Tigers. And choice number four, none of them. Here are the results of your voting. Coming in fourth place, not a lot of love for Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. Only 7% who voted believed that Clemson would be the team on the Irish schedule that makes the college football playoffs. They may not be the best team in the ACC. Underline, maybe. Could it be Florida State? Are they ready for that big jump? They've got a veteran quarterback, but can they get by Clemson? Tigers get 7% of the vote. Third place in our voting. None of those three teams will make the playoff, maybe because those people believe the Irish are going to take them down. 12% who voted said that none of those three teams on the Irish schedule will make the college football playoffs. I think one will for sure. Which team on the Irish schedule most likely to make the college football playoffs coming in second place in the voting? The rivals from the West Coast. The University of Southern California. They don't like to be called SoCal. All right, SoCal got 27% of the vote. Pretty good argument based on the play of their quarterback, Caleb Williams, who is as good as anybody in the country. Again, might have been the number one pick in the NFL draft had he been eligible earlier this year. But getting over half the vote, The team, in your opinion, that is most likely to make the college football playoffs from the Irish schedule, 
the Ohio State Buckeyes got 54% of the vote. We'll see how their quarterback play is very early on in the season when they come to South Bend. Can Ohio State beat Michigan? Well, last year they didn't have to to make the playoff. And you know what? If they beat Georgia in that wild game, aren't the Buckeyes probably the defending national champions? They would have beat TCU after what we saw in the title game. I think it's fair to say the Buckeyes would have got it done. So after losing to Michigan, they almost came back and won the title. Didn't happen. And now can they get the Wolverines this year? But you believe of the teams on the Irish schedule, Ohio State the most likely to make the playoffs, getting 54% of the vote. We thank you for voting. Always appreciate it. On my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Now to today's question that went up earlier today. What part of the Notre Dame football team do you believe will take the biggest step back in 2023? Which part of the football team will take the biggest step back this year from what they did last year? Here are your four choices. Number one, special teams. Man, they were special last year after dormant special teams play for so many years under Brian Kelly. Man, special teams was must-see TV last year. Special teams coach is now with the Colts. Will you see a step back there? Choice number two, the run game. Without Logan Diggs, two new offensive starting guards, will the run game take a step back? Choice number three, could it be the pass rush? The all-time sack leader is gone to the NFL, Isaiah Foskey. And choice number four, run defense with that new-look defensive line. So what part of the Irish football team do you believe will take the biggest step back this year? Four choices, special teams, run game, pass rush, run defense. You can vote on my Twitter account right now at 960 Sportsbeat. Results on tomorrow's program. And tomorrow is the return of my good friend Eric Hansen co-hosting the program. He'll be with me in the 5 o'clock hour Wednesdays and Thursdays here during the Notre Dame football season. So Eric will be back in the big chair tomorrow. Now the editor of InsideIndieSports.com. We need to take a timeout. we got to get to a break, a sports update, and then eventually we'll get to a little conversation on Notre Dame football recruiting. Mike Singer knows everything going on with Fighting Irish football recruiting. He is the Notre Dame football recruiting insider at blueandgold.com. We're going to talk about Notre Dame's massive recruiting weekend last weekend coming up in a few moments here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT South Bend. Steps up, throwing deep again, and it is caught for a touchdown. Hartman, though, lofts it up, looking for six, got it. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. Hartman pulls it back, looking end zone, touchdown, Deacons. Hartman throws, caught, touchdown. Hartman on a nice read, will hop skip his way to sixth. Welcome back, Sam Hartman. Hartman to the end, banks the catch, touchdown Lake Forest, what a throw. 23 years old, he's seen about everything, and that just helps calm the rest of his team. Hartman going to carry it to the end zone, touchdown.
Hour number two of Budweiser's weekday sports beat. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thanks for joining me on this Tuesday evening. Notre Dame football fall camp begins tomorrow. We will have coverage of day one here on Budweiser's weekday sports beat, including the return of my co-host Eric Hansen, now the editor of Inside ND Sports. Plenty to talk about on tomorrow's program. That was a batch of highlights from Sam Hartman when he was the starting quarterback at Wake Forest, breaking all sorts of Wake Forest and ACC passing records. His final year of college football will be played right here in South Bend, leading this fighting Irish offense. It's going to be really exciting to see what Sam can do with this Notre Dame football program. But with Sam Hartman coming to town, it meant the departure of Tyler Buckner, who without Hartman being here probably would be the no doubt starting quarterback for the Fighting Irish. Of course, an injury last year derailed his season, injured in game number two. He would return for the Gator Bowl, have some great moments and some clunker moments, but there was a lot of rust to, I guess, get off his game for that particular contest, but he showed, as he normally has done, some glimpses of some really, really outstanding play but Buckner was not going to wait around and Buckner jumped into the transfer portal and landed in Tuscaloosa where he reunites with his Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Alabama is in an interesting spot that they have not been in in a while. You look at the quarterback position coming out of spring football they really didn't like where they were sitting. Now, they've got a very interesting young player in Ty Simpson. Jason Milrow, who filled in for Bryce Young when he was injured last year, showed great ability to be a game-changer running the football, but throwing it, he's got a little ways to go. Enter Tyler Buckner into the conversation after those two did not have the greatest of spring games. It was a bit rough. Now Tyler Buckner is in the conversation. Is there a pretty good chance that Tyler Buckner could be the starting quarterback for Alabama, a team that more than likely will be in the top five when the preseason polls come out? Well, Heather Dinich, college football writer for ESPN, had this to say about Buckner. Quote, there's no leader in the clubhouse, but if I had to guess right this second, I would say Tyler Buckner. There's a reason why Nick Saban went into the transfer portal and got him. He's reunited with his 30-year-old offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. I mean, it makes sense. Saban has been praising Tommy Reese right next door here, talking about how he's really excited the players and relates to them and vice versa. That's my prediction, but Saban used the cake analogy with his grandma and said they're not ready to pull the cake out of the oven quite yet. If you do, you're not going you're going to get a little bit of a mess. They're not rushing that quarterback competition. Buckner may be the dark horse, but he does have familiarity with Reese's offense. Nevertheless, starting the season and finishing the season as the quarterback are different stories and that could ultimately change for the Crimson Tide. You know, they got to figure it out quick. They've got a really intriguing home matchup 
against the Texas Longhorns in September. Former Alabama quarterback and ESPN college football analyst Greg McElroy chipped in on the Tyler Buckner possibly starting at Alabama storyline. He said, I would just proceed with caution when you start to declare Alabama's quarterback situation a, quote, problem. I think they're going to be fine, especially knowing the type of offense they're going to implement. Game manager is all that is expected, especially with a run-first approach with Tommy Reese coming down from Notre Dame. The emphasis is going to be on the line of scrimmage. The emphasis is going to be on running the football. The emphasis is going to be on shrinking the game and emphasizing physical presence at the line of scrimmage, end quote. That's interesting. I've heard that before, that Alabama's really going to rely on the run game. You know, their offensive line was not to Alabama's standard last year. Bryce Young made that football team a whole lot better than they probably were, a team that just missed out on the college football playoff due to last play losses at LSU and at Tennessee. So for that to work, the offensive line is going to have to take a major step forward. And if you're thinking about running the football a lot, we know that Milroy can do that. We know that Tyler Buckner can do that. Buckner, though, I, gosh, you hate to put the label on him, but the injury bug has followed him from high school to Notre Dame. Is that a guy you want carrying the football? I'm not saying they're going to use the quarterback a lot to run the football. If it's Milroy, I think they're definitely going to do that. But could Tyler Buckner fit in, just be that game manager? You know what? You could see that. It's an interesting situation at Alabama. They had such a dynamic quarterback the last three years in Bryce Young. Now, a change in philosophy. Nick Saban knows what's the equation to win big football games and now going a different direction as Alabama is trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be, and it may change throughout the year. Jalen Milroy, Ty Simpson, and the former Irish quarterback, Tyler Buckner. We'll take a timeout. Let's talk Notre Dame football recruiting. Wow, what a weekend for the Irish. Mike Singer has all the details coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com the WSBT radio app and on Twitch as Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider Mike Singer. Well, it is the day before Notre Dame football fall camp gets underway and Mike Singer through the years has pretty much seen or talked to every one of those guys that will be putting on a Notre Dame gold helmet tomorrow. So we've got that to look forward to tomorrow. But right now we're going to talk about some future Notre Dame football players. And, man, it never disappoints, Mike. Just when you think things are going to quiet down, we have a big recruiting explosion. And what a weekend for the Fighting Irish as they cleaned up in the state of California. Let's go piece by piece. It all started with Logan Saldate, a wide receiver who was going to play his football with the Beavers of Oregon State. Bing, bang, boom. He's now a member of of the Notre Dame class. Your impressions of this wide receiver? 
Yeah, my uh, saying of uh, June visits lead to July commitments kind of looked dumb for a while, and then Notre Dame picked up a couple, um, even though, you know, Soldate hasn't visited Notre Dame yet. But, hey, um, no one needs to know that. But, you know, look, Isaiah Canyon decommits from Notre Dame. Um, was it July 1st or July 2nd? Notre Dame goes, all right, we're going to see if we can reevaluate uh, situations with old targets. Um, some of the big names maybe look at offering some other big-time players elsewhere. Um, I mean, they really did a pretty expansive look at where the 2024 wide receiver position stood across the country. And Logan Saldate um, from Northern California is the guy that the staff is really impressed with. His, um, you know, 100-meter track time, 10-8, was impressive to the staff. He had... I think Cam Williams, I believe it was the, he was the state champion of the long jump in Illinois. Saldate had a better long jump than Cam Williams. I had a Notre Dame source tell me that when Saldate gets to Notre Dame next summer, like his testing time, so it's like his athletic, um, like his athleticism, when he gets to Notre Dame, he's going to be, you know, a top five guy in wow. most categories for Notre Dame. That's getting there as a true freshman. Um, so this is just, Notre Dame's big on some of these testing times and measurables and stuff, and he's 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 really impressed um, with what he can do. So Notre Dame liked him, but there is a switch, all right, of if we're going to go after you, we want you to send in you running the entire route tree. You know, hey, go down to the your, your high school or the local park and have mom film you running all these routes. <laughs> Um, and send it in because this happened during the July dead period. So it's not like he could go up to this to campus and do a camp for Notre Dame. Notre Dame wouldn't be able to go off to his high school to evaluate him for themselves until September. Um, so at the earliest. Um, so he sends it in. He runs a 40 for them as well. And uh, clearly he really impressed them. So Notre Dame offers. And, you know, this is the kid who told me he – you know, grew up going to Catholic schools. He was pretty happy with Oregon State, but you know, he had said even before Notre Dame started showing interest that hey, if the school's going to be able to flip me from Oregon State, it's going to be Notre Dame. Hmm. And uh, lo and behold, here we are, Dan. Pretty good find by Chancey Stuckey. Never giving up on a prospect. Never stop looking. I know you mentioned they had to replace Canyon, but that's pretty good work by the Irish staff in in reevaluating this guy, finding this guy, and getting him in the class. Yeah, I, I think it's a good take, and Notre Dame seems to to really like him. And I know some folks are gonna be like, "All right, Mike, you're trying to tell me that oh, this is a three star guy, and Notre Dame really likes him." I mean, how many times I've heard that story before? Look, I, I get it if that's where people want to come from from it, but um, I mean, I'm I'm just giving you guys this information. You take take what you you know you can do with that that info what you want, but. Um, I think it's a really good take for Notre Dame. He's going to be a true slot for the Irish at 5'11", 185 pounds. Notre Dame's got a lot of big-bodied receivers. Um, so, you know, it, it is good to kind of mix in that true slot technician. Um, he's got a game pretty similar to Caleb Smith, who the Irish signed in the last cycle. So, just, just continuing to stack talented receivers in that room, Darren. Williams, Gilbert, and Saldate, so that's going to be your wide receiver class for 2024, and I guess you give that a good thumbs up? Yeah, I, I would. 
I think it's a pretty strong class. You know, solid B plus A minus for sure. So it was a pretty good start to the weekend, but then we get to some really, really big time news. To me, this yeah. guy picking Notre Dame, I was as excited as many people were way back when when CJ Carr picked the Fighting Irish. I just really, really impressed by this kid, Mike, and his name is Kingston. Viliamu Asa, and he's also out of California. Well I love the fact, Mike, he plays against elite competition in California. He's big, he's physical, he's fast. This just seems like the type of player this Notre Dame defense has been looking to find, an elite guy that would have an outside chance of possibly starting on day one. Yep, and uh, you say that because I know you heard Mike Goolsby, yep. you know, former Notre Dame linebacker and captain on our Blue and Gold YouTube channel, say that he would be shocked if William Lawson doesn't at least, you know, become a contributor as a freshman, if not, you know, a day one starter. And I was talking to Notre Dame source, and uh, let's just say folks in South Bend have the same thought as well. And you mentioned, like, your level of excitement kind of rivals the excitement of C.J. Carr. And I'm telling you, you keep getting smarter and smarter because you keep talking to me every week, um, joking. But but seriously, um, you know that's that's how folks you know on the Notre Dame side feel as well. That you in this class, you have the quarterback and then the quarterback of the defense in Philly Amoasa. You know, it's interesting comparing this cycle to last cycle. I think the 23 cycle for Notre Dame was deeper than the 24 class is, but this 24 class how top-heavy it is with C.J. Carr, Cam Williams, Kingston Villiamuasa, Kedron Young. I mean, some of these guys. I mean, you have some elite players in this class. And we'll talk soon uh, in, in your segment about Derby Lambert. Notre Dame's able to get that elite offensive tackle. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, sure, you would have liked to have Justin Scott, but I'm telling you, Darren, Notre Dame could not – be a whole lot more excited about their defensive line class than it is right now. And yeah, Villian Buasa, what a win for the Irish. Really interesting, Darren, in that he basically, I mean, he said Ohio State led for me, USC led for me coming after those visits, uh, those June official visits. This top three was USC, Ohio State, Notre Dame. He said flat out, I couldn't see myself in Notre Dame. Mm. But I mean, touchdown Jesus and, you know, and first down Moses works some some magic for Notre Dame because he goes on a church retreat, comes back, and he's like, yeah, I want Notre Dame. Um, so he tells his parents on Saturday, tells the Notre Dame staff Saturday night, and he's committed Sunday, you know, just a little past 5 p.m. Eastern time. I, mean, I was talking to sources in Notre Dame, um, you know, Monday morning, and it was like, there's the, uh, just like how excited people are. I mean, it is like Notre Dame just want to, you know, just beat a Clemson or something. Like there's so much excitement. This is a huge deal for Notre Dame. Great recruiting win over, you know, two rivals uh, in Ohio State and USC. Um, and then, yeah, on the field, Kingston Villiano Rasa, I mean, he, he's a freak show. Um, he is – he's going to be an outstanding linebacker. I mean, a freshman starter on varsity, I believe, at St. John Bosco, which, again, the Trinity League is – you know, one of the best, you know, it, it, probably the best high school football in the country. So, yeah, this is just a huge commitment for Notre Dame, Darren. And they get this guy out of USC's backyard. I know you talked about the Ohio State and 
USC dynamics. Ohio State's a recruiting rival, and USC's just a rival when it comes to everything. To get this kid out of USC's backyard has to make this even more special for this Fighting Irish coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, and, and Goolsby talked about in our YouTube video, even a little nice one over James Laurinaitis, who, you know, Freeman gave his coaching start to, and and then he leaves for his alma mater, and then Notre Dame beats him out. You know, look, Ohio State's beaten Notre Dame uh, for a few prospects for sure in the cycle, so I think that it was nice for the Irish to kind of get that. And a nice little win over the Buckeyes. And you said, yeah, recruiting rivals, Midwest thing, but of course they play in, yeah. in, in you know less than two months. So it's just a nice little first jab for the Irish. And Ohio State needed Kingston Philly on the loss. So there's another uh, kid out of Tennessee, a linebacker who Ohio State really wanted to get. They don't land him either. So Ohio State's kind of you know back to the drawing board at linebacker spot, just like Notre Dame would have been if Philly on the loss didn't commit for you know another addition to the class. So. Great kid. Just uh, vibes are up at Notre Dame, Darren. There's a lot of excitement. And you just fast forward a little bit. You want competition for all of your starting spots. And you think ahead to this time next year, KVA, Drake Bowen, you know, two highly acclaimed linebackers in back-to-back classes. That could be your competition for the middle linebacker spot. So you can really appreciate what Marcus Freeman has done in his three years here in South Bend, recruiting the linebacker position, there has definitely been an uptick in the quality and the depth of the talent at the linebacker spots. Drake Bowen versus Kingston Philly on the loss of the linebacker. I mean, just inject it into my veins, Darren. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I, seriously, yeah. I've never, I'm usually not a, a, a guy who enjoys talking about linebacker battles. I'll leave that to Goolsby, but that one's going to be very exciting, especially when we talk about, you know, young guys. And I'm, I'm sure there will be some others who, you know, will we'll battle for that as well for that Mike spot. But that would be a lot of fun. He's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. We're on Sportsbeat on 960 AM WSBT, also broadcasting on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. So, now let's get to what's left to do. What's on the clipboard of Marcus Freeman to fill out this 24 class? Okay, so just last Thursday, Notre Dame was at 20 commitments. And they needed a linebacker, excuse me, I should say a third linebacker, right, to join Teddy Rizak and and Bodie Cahoon. And they needed a third receiver to join Cam Williams and Micah Gilbert. Blink of an eye, they filled those two spots. So now they're at 22 total commitments, Darren. And really from here, they it's just kind of too good to pass mode. That's really where they're at. Like, they hit their mark of 2020 – excuse me, hit their mark of 22 commits. Quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, three offensive linemen. Was it four defensive linemen, three linebackers, and – four defense backs four there's a maybe it's five defense backs whatever it was they, they hit their mark everywhere so yeah now it's who can, can we go get a Gerby Lambert can we flip Justin Scott from Ohio State can we flip Caleb Beasley from Tennessee so that's that's pretty much where the board is at and then there's uh, Davis Andrews who I think we talked about two or three weeks ago Darren from uh, American Fork Utah the safety um, you know, if he commits, he would be on this commitment list, you know, for folks on YouTube, that's what we're looking at. 
Um, but he takes a two-year Mormon mission trip after graduating high school in December, so he really wouldn't count until the 2026 class when he would get back from that trip. So that's really where you're at. And in terms of Gerby Lambert, uh, Darren, I'm hearing really good things. Um, you know, elite offensive tackle, 6'6", 290 pounds um, from the Boston area. Uh, I keep getting more confident in where Notre Dame stands. Still not a done deal. Um, but Notre Dame trending very favorably. So you're looking at, for all of the recruiting woes after Canyon D commits and Justin Scott's Ohio State, you're telling me you get C.J. Carr, Cam Williams, Gerby Lambert, and Kingston Philly on Wassa? Holy crap. I mean, again, vibes are impeccable right now at Notre Dame. Did they hit on everyone they wanted? No. Um, no one does in recruiting, but to get – these young men, if they do land on Gerby Lambert, I mean, it, it's it, it's a really good class for Notre Dame. I think it's trending towards a top 10 class, which would make something that I don't think Notre Dame has ever done in the re- internet recruiting era, back-to-back-to-back top 10 classes. And Marcus Freeman will have done it in his first three recruiting cycles. Again, if you, Darren, if you go through – and I, I just did it the other day at on three, looked at our team recruiting ranks. If you like go through Brian Kelly's, because a lot of people say, oh, Marcus Freeman's recruiting more. This is like a more like a Brian Kelly class. If you look through, it's like 12, 14, 17, 12. You, know, you, you, you get the 2014 class with top 10. Uh, I think what 2017 was the top 10 class too, but it's a lot of like teams classes. And now you might be getting back to back to back top 10. So very exciting times. People just get so caught up in the star system. Marcus Freeman hasn't picked up a five-star. I look at players that can be demonstrative. He has. He has picked up five stars. That's, that's the number one. Like, he's picked up many five. He's, he's, it's like four or five stars. So that's the thing I don't get. Yeah, People say that. I want demonstrative players in KVA and CJ Carr and Cam Williams. Those are the type of players that can – get you to the college football playoffs. So I don't care if they're three, four stars, whatever the case may be. Those are the type of players you need to go to the playoffs. And that's promising. But for again, me. for folks saying Notre Dame needs to land more five stars, sure. But don't say they're not because at least like part of it is like, what do you define a five star? Is it like, does it need to be by this specific ranking or is it going to be by any of the rankings? Because Notre Dame signed two five stars in the 2022 class per on three, James Nita, Emil Wagner, uh, last year, five-star Charles Jagasaw. Um, so what? That's I, I think I'm I'm missing one too. There might be another one. Um, so it, this year, I mean, you could have, depending on how some of these guys do as the seniors and 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 if the ranking sites like them enough, I don't know. But I mean, you could have two or three, like maybe Kingston's a close five-star to some of the sites. Kirby is a close five-star. Yep. So are CJ and Cam. I mean, seriously. I mean, you could have four players who rank as a five-star at least according to one service so um yeah it, again really good class for Notre Dame 24. Let's talk about a realistic pick not a fantasy pick but of the players still on Notre Dame's radar if you could assign one player to this class the must-have addition who would you choose? The must-have for 2024? Yeah would it be Gerby Lambert? So it's like it uh, so it's, it's Derby, Justin Scott, or, or Caleb Beasley. I mean, you can make an argument okay. for any of them. I, I, I mean, I love Caleb Beasley. 
I mean, Justin Scott, and I, I would probably go Derby just because the positional importance okay. of, of protecting, you know, a CJ Carr, um, you, you know, having that anchor for three or four years. Um, yeah, I would have to go with Kirby Lambert. Can't disagree. Finally, recruiting weekend coming up. Mike, it's a big one. Yeah, I know we're kind of going late on your show, Darren, so I'll, I'll go through some of these guys quickly. Uh, Deuce Knight is actually on campus Thursday, um, and then he's only there for – I think he, he actually gets in Wednesday night. So we'll, we'll be there for a full day Thursday and then heads back to – Mississippi um, that evening, so we'll be at Ole Miss Friday. So uh, Ole Miss definitely a competitor for Notre Dame this recruitment. But yeah, Deuce Knight, uh, number fifty-six overall player, number three quarterback per the On Three Industry ranking from uh, Loose Dome, Mississippi. Huge target for Notre Dame in twenty twenty-five. I mean, he's probably the top of the board target um, just in terms of media speak. I don't think Notre Dame's twenty twenty-five recruiting board they say, well, who's number one, this quarterback or this. Linebacker, they don't, they don't do that. It's foolish, but for the for the purposes of this conversation, Deuce Knight is a huge, huge target for Notre Dame. So on Sunday, so again, new, Knight's coming in Thursday. On Sunday, they have what we we've talked about in the past, Darren, the, the grill and chill. Um, I've mentioned before that uh, you know there was a parent who told me that the barbecue wasn't seasoned to perfection. So <laughs> I've got my people on it, Darren. We'll make sure that get, that gets happened, but. Yeah, the, the, you know, the kids play games, cornhole, you know, th- throw the ball around kind of stuff. So it's just like a good experience for – it's mainly for the 2025 class. You'll have a few 2024 commits as well. But um, So here's just a few of the names. Uh, Owen Strebig, a big uh, offensive lineman from Wisconsin. Um, I, I like Notre Dame to land him. He's a top 100 player per the industry ranking in the 2025 class, 6'7", 295 pounds. He, I, I, mean, I like – the Irish for a lot of the guys who are visiting this weekend. It, it's, it could be a huge, again, a huge recruiting period for the Irish. This is another one to keep an eye on from Connecticut, a safety Ethan Long, 6'2", 185. I like the Irish here. I believe this will be his second or third visit um, to campus. Third. Yeah, he was on campus in April and again in, in June. I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame really takes a stronghold of uh, for him and his recruitment. How about this one from Talon Taylor, Geneva Community High School in Illinois, number 59 overall player, number 10 receiver per the uh, industry ranking in that 2025 class. We talk all the time. Notre Dame needs to land these big-time players from Chicago. Well, they have a great opportunity to land one, and Talon Taylor is, just, I believe, his second – Will be a second trip to Notre Dame. I want to say, yeah, he visited March 25th. Um, so, a really good opportunity there. And then uh, Ike Taylor's son, former Steelers defensive back, Ivan Taylor, we saw him at the Irish Invasion camp in June. He was a stud, and uh, I was told that he is locked in to visit Sunday. So, really nice development for the Irish. I mean, Darren, I was talking to sources about Ivan Taylor's camp performance in Notre Dame, and they said it was one of the best they've seen of a defensive back in years. So, um, you can play safety, you can play corner. Notre Dame prefers more corner. Um, again, a big-time player, top 100 prospect in the 2025 class. So that's just a few of the names visiting this week. We'll have more coverage um, about it at blueandgold.com as the week goes on. Which leads me into you talking about the website, blueandgold.com. Training camp is here. Recruiting continues. This is the current offer, okay? And it's, it's, it's a really good one. If you have a buck, 
and you got a buck and you can afford it on your credit card or you got a buck in your in your you know your debit account there you go summer flash sale one dollar for one month this is for new subscribers only um but so what what's today the 25th yep. that gets you through the day before the game against navy and then i think by then with all the summer camp coverage and uh, recruiting coverage. I think you'll have a good idea if you want to extend that, and uh, I believe you will. So please go to balloonbull.com. It's a dollar for a month. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me. I'm pretty easy to find, um, and would love to answer any questions you have. So yeah, please do check that out at balloonbull.com. He's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Really enjoyed the visit. Very interesting conversations on the two newest members of the class of 2024, and Maybe another big one coming up very soon with Gerby Lambert. We appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. That's Mike Singer. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues in just a moment right here on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 